0: what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of the falcon and the winter soldier podcast brought to you by theworkprint.com i'm your host Bilal, and joining me like always is norton what's up norton hi Hi-o. and along with rob uh, norton <laughs> we have rob yes you have my presence <laughs> along with your presence all right episode five of falcon and the winter soldier this one was not what i was expecting but it might be my favorite marvel episode to date wow Um, what are your thoughts
1: um i liked it in terms of it's a good penultimate episode it sets up a lot of things for the finale which is important uh and i do feel like after such a high tension previous episode it does bring the audience down a little so it kind of helps you calm (laughs)
0: Yeah, it it really... And I think that's what worked for me because a lot of times you have character decisions that are rushed or a lot of this... All that penultimate feeling is built into that final episode. And so I was kind of glad that they could take the time and just, like, pull back. back a little? Yeah, just pull back a little and give characters time to breathe before they make what I expect to be, you know cinematic universe-defining decisions Uh, uh, headed into that final episode. But before we talk about that, Norton, why don't you shepherd us through um, (laughs) the exciting fight in the very (laughs) beginning of this episode?
1: All right, so the episode opens up uh, not long after uh, Walker's murder of uh, Nico. He has run away from the scene, clearly, and he's gone to, like, this warehouse because, you know, there's always an abandoned warehouse around somewhere. It seems to be like just a thing that's... I think
2: the environs There's just a lot of them. But I think the environs of an abandoned warehouse is amazing. Uh, it, and he, that's a little tropey in almost a lot of... I was going to say any action film as well, but it makes perfect sense because the action, the focal point, shouldn't be on the environs itself. It should be on the people fighting. I agree. So, I
1: understand why they do it.
2: So uh, a, an abandoned warehouse, it's just bland enough, but it just has enough things that you could throw people into or maybe gasoline like uh, cans of gasoline yeah there's
1: always like dangerous chemicals lying around I mean
2: there's also that one other
0: thing uh, where you know it's like an unwritten rule that once you become a superhero uh, you know an abandoned factory always spawns within five minutes of you It's It's always available. When you need it, it will be there. It's like the room of requirements from Harry (laughs) Potter. It's the
1: room of requirement of action movies. Uh, But yeah, so, you know, he goes into this abandoned warehouse slash factory, and uh, he is met with Bucky and Sam, who are not far behind. And Sam is just like, hey, look, you made a a terrible mistake. It happens, but we're going to need that shield. And Walker is 100% determined not to give him that shield, because I think for him... If he lets go of that shield, if he admits that he is no longer Captain America, then he's just a guy who murdered another guy. Exactly. With super soldier serum. So in his mind, I feel like he wouldn't be any better than the Winter Soldier. Mm. And he doesn't want to be that.
2: Well, yeah, I think he even just uh, says... um quite plainly i'm not you
1: yes when bucky demands the shield he does look at bucky well actually it's not when bucky demands the shield i think it's when bucky says like you know blah blah oh because he's like oh i had to kill him and he killed yeah. uh, lamar and bucky's like he didn't kill lamar
3: yeah and walker's yeah. just
1: like i'm not like you and it's mm-hmm. like i don't understand what you're saying there but uh yeah. pay attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth yeah,
2: he's trying to communicate <laughs> on an honest level. And he's not, and obviously John Walker's not having it. No,
1: I think John Walker is... And as
2: you said, that's a really good point that you make, that if the shield was wrested from him, that just makes him a murderer in a costume, and that's yes. it. Yes,
1: yeah, and I think for him, it's all about the the veil of patriotism at this mm-hmm. point. Oh, yeah. He has to believe that he's the good guy, and losing that shield is, is pretty much going to break him, uh, and... It's funny because symbolically and literally, he does get broken in order for that shield to get taken from him.
0: Yeah, uh, and, it
1: is a Sorry, that was
0: on. that was a crazy snap. I was not ah, expecting yeah. his body to uh, snap like that.
1: That was an amazing fight overall. I have mm-hmm. to say. Uh, again, as I mentioned in the article, and as I have wondered multiple times, I'm always a little. Amazed by the fact that people who aren't superpowered and then come into superpowers somehow magically adjust to their strength levels very quickly. Mm. Uh, to the point where every time he kicks or punches Sam, it's not it's clearly not with an intent of full force. He does it in the in an in intent to sort of stall him or at least subdue him to a degree. Mm. But I feel like when he goes after Bucky, it's a hundred percent like he's he holds nothing back. Otherwise he wouldn't really make a dent on Bucky, and we do yeah, see yeah. him like throw Bucky into into yeah, walls, yeah. throw him into structures. Bucky Obviously, took some
0: serious a serious beating. In yeah, the,
1: Bucky yeah. Bucky gets his own in that one, and I think uh, I think for Bucky this is a good moment too because it's almost like, you know, I was just actually funnily enough just watching Civil War, and uh, you have uh, Bucky going to the location in Siberia to. Ostensibly destroy the other Winter Soldiers before they all realize that Zemo's already done it. Uh, But in this case, he almost gets that little bit of redemption moment back because now he has the opportunity to take out a villain super soldier that he didn't get to do before.
0: Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and and that fight seemed very reminiscent of Civil War, the one at the end. As yeah. well. It was just, like, how... I, well. I mean, you kind of substitute <laughs> two of the characters, but, like, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, no, very much, true. like...
0: But, like, Sam is in a mechanical outfit, much yeah. like Iron Man. And, you know, yeah. Cap is Cap, and Bucky is Bucky. But, no, like, right. it's... It, it, it's, it, it, it's pretty amazing because, like, Sam is not on an even, even playing field, and it wasn't until this actual fight that I actually appreciated his character a lot more because what he has to do in close quarter combats with those wings and how he uh, utilizes them to fly around for the boost the, the angle measurement the defense offense it's incredible like it his his brain is working on a different level no, compared to john and uh bucky
1: he's very impressive i mean he is in that comparison sense he is very much iron man uh to that point where he he understands that he's just a regular guy that he has this special equipment that allows him to sort of run with the big boys, as you will. Mm-hmm. And he makes excellent use of it. He makes strategic use of it. Uh, you know, he knows that he's not as strong as Walker. He's not as strong as Bucky, but he can do it strategically. And it's funny because when you think about the, the Civil War fight with Iron Man, uh, Iron Man at some point his, uh, what's her name again? Luck Girl Friday? Friday. This girl Friday? Yeah, Friday. I think Friday at some point uh, tells him, like, you can't win strategically against Cap. He's got mm-hmm. too much training. He just, he, you know, you're going to have to beat him using just good old fashioned science and, and ingenuity. Yeah. And that's what he ends up doing. Like, he ends up sort of figuring out a smart guy way around it. And I think Sam is very much in that vein where he, he understands that he doesn't have the same advantages, so he makes do with what he has. Yeah. Which, I again, mean, comes I mean, back to the whole black and white argument. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, yeah. if you want to go ahead and go there, Nothing yeah, I mean, you have to.
0: <laughs> I mean, but, like, the thing is, Sam doesn't even have an AI to guide him through no, all this. No, he doesn't. No, it's, it's, it's his own ingenuity that, it's that drives him. just him being a
1: very good pilot and understanding yeah. his equipment. I mean, you got to figure, he's had this equipment for, give or take, maybe three years, five years now, something like that.
0: yeah he was gone for the five-year gap as well so we can't add those five years
1: did he get snapped away
0: yeah because he came out he was one of the first ones out of the portal right after the repundance
1: all right so yeah so but i mean before that he had the the falcon suit because he Mm -hmm. when um winter soldier happens when captain america winter soldier happens he has the falcon suit it's a prototype but he still has it yeah so, from that point on, as far as we know, he's been using that suit the whole time, so he he's become very intimately aware of what that suit is capable of, and in the fight uh, with walker he you know he holds his own and it's very awesome to watch actually
0: It's brutal when those wings get just like torn off yeah, it's so violent <laughs> it's
1: sad uh, and you 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 kind of see that Walker has kind of he almost, it almost reminds me of that thing they say about dogs where they're like, oh, like if a dog tastes blood, you're going to have to put him down because he's going to want more of it. Mm. Yeah. Walker goes for the fucking shield smash like three times in that fight.
3: Yeah. And
1: like, I forget. Um, I, I want to say he only does it to Bucky, but I think he does it for Sam at one point. He might. Like <laughs> after he rips the wings off, I think he but goes that, to do That it. is
2: also a patented move because you were out of the room at the time when uh, Civil War was on earlier. But Capnay goes for that shield yes. smash, too. Yes, So that's like a signature. He does it to signature... take out the arc reactor. Yeah, so that yeah. is a signature move as just a purely blunt object.
1: It is, but again, but Captain not blunt, A didn't looks kill anybody with it. No. Walker has very clearly no, already yeah. murdered a man using it, and he fully intends in this, in that moment, I feel like he fully intends to kill Sam with it. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, Bucky steps in, and then between the two of them, they succeed in wresting the shield from him by breaking his arm, yeah. which it takes two of them to do. And well, then... that's
2: the funny thing, uh, because the first time that we... Because I saw it the two times that you saw it. Yeah. I just happened to be in the room the second time you we were watching it. First time we were watching it, uh, I heard the I heard the audible snap, but I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't just happen. <laughs> the second time uh, we were watching it, I knew it was coming up, but I forgot how loud the snap was yeah so you feel it that much more and the fact that it took two people to do that that's why it was it it felt very very violent or sounded very violent because it's like yeah that's that's a super soldiers arm you're breaking so it's you're cracking into a slim jim at that point you could
1: actually
3: hear it yeah
1: no and then like and it kind of makes me wonder in terms of bucky it's like is Bucky holding back in this fight, or is he going full throttle? Because I feel like he also wouldn't go full throttle just mm-hmm. because he's very afraid of what he's capable of. Yeah, no, Whereas that's Walker true. is like, "Fuck it." I mean, <laughs> like I'm going whole hog. The,
2: what the funny thing now that I think about it too, when you, when you're talking about like the two super soldiers going at each other, and maybe one is holding back a little bit on the quote-unquote mere mortal, mm. which is Sam. It's it's Marvel. So Marvel is going to be violent to an extent. But it's not like the boys where you yes. do have that superpower and they know their strength and yes. they know if they punch at like a regular dude, yeah, they're going like, to punch a hole in
1: them. Yeah. No, you're right. You're very true.
2: So you could be only so reserved or only so violent, you have to sort of pull it back a little bit because, again, of the audience that you're catering to, I believe I as agree. well.
1: But after that awesome, amazing fight, uh, we get, I believe... Oh, so... The other part that happens in the fight that's more significant is uh, after they break his arm and they take the shield from him, uh, there's one more little attack that happens and it basically winds up flooring all three of them. Yeah. And Bucky gets up first, he takes the shield, he brings it over to where Falcon is and he just kind of drops it next to him. And he gives him this like just remarkably shady look, like just, you know, like a I hope you're happy type look or I told you so look. And then just fucking leaves. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. even help Sam up or anything. No,
2: he's definitely throwing smoke at him. But like, this whole episode, he kind
1: of. This is the smoke part I don't him. get about Bucky. Because the first half of the episode, he is extremely taciturn. He's very sour. He doesn't. He's not really talking to Sam. He throws the shield at him. He leaves. With later on, when Sam and Torres, uh, or like Torres meets up with Sam in the. wherever the fuck they are. Uh, Bucky is seen, like, you know, leaving. He's just, he just walks away. He doesn't say hello to anybody. He just walks off, and Sam's like, oh, I guess you're going to go take Zemo. He yeah. just kind of nods, and then that's it. Yeah. And then later on in the episode, he comes over, and it's all like, none of that happened. He's just, you know, friendly as fuck. And I'm like, what the hell? That's so, a little confusing. So, so
0: I, 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 yeah, I agree. It's not as well done, but I think it's the scene with Zemo that's the flipping switch for him. It's uh, So, uh, rightfully so, and he, uh, Bucky mentions it, he's like, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D., Steve, Captain America, it all means something to me. It, You know, it's the last family he did have. Uh, you know, this is something he mentions to Sam um, later on in the episode. But I think before he gets to that point, he is angry with Sam because the S.H.I.E.L.D. is tainted now. It, you know, John Walker has you know solid it with blood um and it doesn't seem like sam wants to take the up dismantle like it's it's ruined in bucky's eyes and you know for bucky to hit that road of redemption first he needs to deal with zemo and i think being able to pull that trigger on zemo even though there's no bullets in that gun was at least a step forward for him to kind of just like start moving past some of his past trauma and trying to figure out who he was. It might not be conveyed the best of ways, but I think for me that's that's how I took all that to be. That, you know, he's letting what defined him in the past slowly go away. You know, he's 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 working his way through it and eventually, you know you know, I, I think he's able to then in his eyes forgive Sam or at least go back to Sam to try and Make You know, look for some sort of reconciliation um, after that fight.
2: Yeah. yeah. I do like the fact and I always thought, because I've seen this move done in a few other instances, like movie or TV-wise, I love the move, the power play, if you will, of I just pulled the trigger, there's no bullets in the gun, just to show you, you know what, I have no fear of pulling that trigger. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill you. I'll let the Wakandans take you. But... I have the ability to pull that trigger and keep it filled with ammunition if I really Mm -hmm. wanted to. I think that's like a nice power play move of like, look what I can do.
0: I was really upset um, that, you know, when we do get to Sokovia and uh, Baron Zemo is waiting for Bucky there to basically say, you yeah. need to kill all these super soldiers, like, finish what I started. Um, yeah. That, like, I was like, oh, no, are they really just going to off Zemo here? Is Marvel just going to waste another great villain that they've set yeah. up? And then, and then I think, in Zemo's eyes, he probably wishes they did, because mm-hmm. being taken away by the uh, Wakandans is probably a fate worse yeah. than death.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember... And again, we just watched this funnily enough. But yeah, in Civil War, he's perfectly happy to kill himself. Mm. He doesn't have a family anymore. He doesn't really have anything to go back to. Him rotting in prison is probably just, you know, the worst thing he can possibly think of. And the fact that Sam and Bucky just happen to come knocking on his cell gives him a bit of a relief. It gives him some freedom. He gets to play the good guy, as it were. And then, you know, I, I do think that it was, to me, kind of disappointingly anticlimactic to just go to Sokovia and he's just standing there in front of the Moore Memorial, which he mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And Bucky just kind of shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. And Bucky's like, whoop fuck here's a gun pointed at your face. And Zemo's just kind of like, yes, please. Like, mm-hmm. he even nods. He's like, yes, please pull the trigger.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, I'm happy to die. And then, of course, you know, we get the whole... The living aren't done with you yet mm-hmm. equivalent of the wakandans coming and taking him away and uh you know bucky's sort of persona non grata in wakanda for now but i mean i don't know how likely he was to go back there so mm. like we don't really know where he's been I mean, after he leaves wakanda
2: yeah his journey like yeah because continuation.
1: he gets fixed he goes and fights in the endgame thing, and then as far as we know, he's in America just trying to make amends and trying to deal with being pardoned, and that's it. So we don't know if he ever actually had any plans to go back to Wakanda once his, uh, I guess, parole or whatever the hell it was would be considered is up.
2: Uh, do you think that's really that's important in the grand scheme of things, though, to know where he's been, like in that middle
1: period. I mean, I think it's helpful only because you have to understand how ingratiated he has become with the Wakandans, especially Mm. to the point where he's able to ask them for a favor. Mm. To the point where he asked them to make Sam new wings.
0: Honestly, that favor uh, in my eyes was going to be, hey, can I get a ride out of here? How did I get here in the first place? I don't have military backing. I am a civilian, so how did I get from Europe to Sokovia on foot? so quickly oh
1: yeah Yeah, the traveling in this show is ridiculous like isn't he a wanted man in so many places like yeah okay he got pardoned but he got pardoned in america i don't know if he got pardoned in other places and then he just shows up in sokovia out of nowhere
3: uh
0: yeah i I was just laughing i was like i was like but how did he get there he just he just left um bucky in that GRC uh, building and
2: now he's here yeah you know what? He might be. I, I would liken him like, because as you as you just said, uh, he's a wanted man in various parts of the world. He may be partnered by one country. I if he if he's really that badass of a character, I would liken him to like Raymond Reddington, where everybody knows Reddington's. Really dangerous. He's probably going to be number one, but he can get way, like, all over the place.
1: No, that's true. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Bucky so, has established uh, his own weird underground world.
2: Yeah. So it might be one of those things where, like, you don't have to see it. It's just a behind the curtain type thing. Yeah. But he can find his passage if he really needs to.
1: So we get the scene with uh, Bucky and Zemo, where obviously Bucky chooses not to kill zemo and zemo chooses not to kill bucky kind of a hilarious stalemate Mm. and then he hands them over to the wakandans and the wakandans of course are like you might want to stay away from wakanda for a little while and he's like yeah that's fine but also i need a favor and then we cut to sam who has gone to baltimore Uh, but
0: before we get to baltimore i think there's that scene with torres where torres is like these wings are Oh like, yeah, so there's, there's no repairing these wings. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> Torres is extremely uh, curious about what happened to the wings. Uh, he sees the destruction that happened to them. He clearly knows something very bad uh, has gone down. And let's not forget the fact that, as far as Torres knows, Bucky is being very sort of standoffish to Sam. He kind of leaves in a bit of a huff. So perhaps Torres is thinking that Bucky's the one who destroyed the wings because Sam doesn't answer him to any degree. Sam doesn't Mm -hmm. give away that John Walker is the one who destroyed the wings. He doesn't give away the fact that him and John Walker and Bucky got into it. I mean, I'm gonna assume that after Bucky left, Sam picked up Walker and brought him in for arresting, to be arrested. I mean, I don't know how any of that works. They don't really cover that part, Uh, but we do see Walker uh, being brought to justice as it were, uh, to a degree at the very least.
0: And uh, at this point, Sam also has the shield uh, and he never Mm -hmm. went to the U.S. government.
1: Yes, Sam has the shield. He takes it with him. And uh, the funny part is that you go from this scene to the scene with uh, Bucky and Zemo. And then when Bucky asks the Wakandans for a favor, you cut to Baltimore. And so it's kind of for a second, you're thinking to yourself, like, did Bucky get asked to be dropped off in Baltimore for some reason? possibly like that was my but, yeah. my idea was that he was asking for like a ride home because mm. like i said or like we brought up it's a little odd that he's been able to travel internationally just willy-nilly uh but i guess they take him back to wakanda to make the wings and then bring him to louisiana
2: it's possible they don't exactly they're not explicit with that in terms of like i could see what you're saying um as just a viewer with the whole baltimore thing like i have to ask you a favor. That's just a pacing thing in terms of the script, like... I understand just it. shift yeah. immediately to something that is not his story. Yeah, now we no, I, I get to,
1: it. It's just funny the way they set it up because it almost looks like he was yeah. asking for a ride mm-hmm. and then we wind up in Baltimore. And you
2: could say that even, like, pacing-wise, that might be a problem in pacing. It might have been just, like... I maybe mean, that's not the right cut to to go to.
1: Either that or but... they did it on purpose as sort of like a a misleading thing could
2: be and then so they do that a
0: lot a a part of me here wonders if this episode was affected by the pandemic because Mm. i think we spent a lot more time in baltimore yeah um then i expected Uh, baltimore right
3: yes Mm -hmm. okay
0: yeah uh, we uh, then i expected to and it was a a small group of people uh locations were fairly limited um, I like I can't tell if this was because of the pandemic Or if this was originally part of the script But whatever the case It worked for me really well um, Because this is the part of the story Where Sam needs to come to terms with Who he is and what his future looks like And the choices he needs to make As he carries around the shield That he doesn't want
1: Well, or, I mean, he goes to or Baltimore maybe, you know. <laughs> To bring it to Isaiah Bradley Yeah. And I'm guessing that in his mind, Isaiah is more deserving of it than obviously anyone in the military at this point and obviously John Walker. So he brings it to Isaiah as a perhaps like a peace offering or maybe as a uh, sorry, the government treated you like shit. And Isaiah's like, no, I don't want that. Don't give me that bad juju. Yeah. Don't bring that bad juju around here. I don't want any part of that. And we get this really nice uh, moment between the two of them where you have the older generation of uh, of um, school of thought, the older generation, black school of thought that's, you know, they'll, they hated us, they're, they're always gonna hate us and that's it. So it's just us versus them and it's never gonna change and don't pretend that they're gonna care about you or respect you or give you a title without like a whole bunch of strings attached. And then you have Sam, who's more of the new school thought where, you know, yes, the past happened. Yes, all those wounds suck balls, but we can come out of this and get something. We can have a I don't want to say a racial reckoning because that sounds very violent. But...
2: <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. A racial it's like, understanding, well, yeah. a, a sort
1: of peace accords can happen. Well, that
2: and a, like a, also like a we shall rise Yes, type exactly. Thing. Mm-hmm.
1: And, a, and a, you know, we shall overcome, we, shall, yeah, we, shall, we overcome. shall eventually become the nation that we wanted to become, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Sam is, I don't think he's disrespectful of the things that Isaiah went through and the, the past that he lives by and the rules that he lives by because he understands this is the way that you were treated. This is the way that you grew up. Everything around you just justified it. Uh, but for him, he's like, look, I've seen the other side. I've seen the ability for people to fight for something and make change. I've seen change happen and I think it can happen. And when you have Isaiah tell him that First of all, that the government would never allow there to be a black uh, Captain America. And then secondly, that no self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. I think for Sam, that's kind of not fair in his mind because he's like, you know, again, it's that whole idea of if you see it, you can be it. And representation is important. And I think he recognizes that. Just like Bucky, like what he tells Bucky, he's like, you can't live in the past and get sucked down by the past and assume that the future is just going to be a repeat of the past you have to like you have to move forward you have to make change you have to do the work
2: yeah that's a good parallel that they do with both of them yeah mm-hmm.
1: like it's it's very interesting because and and it actually works really well in parallel now that i think about it because if you if you consider bucky's place as a, a man in time or out of time yeah. he comes from that generation that isaiah's that Isaiah grew up in, he yeah. comes from that generation of people that were like, change isn't really a thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Like it's,
1: you know, yeah, you can fight all you want, but just leave things as they are, like, just let it go. And I think for, for Sam to tell Bucky, like, look, you can't keep taking revenge and you can't keep making amends in this way. Like, you're not making amends, you're avenging. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh, what, yeah, that's you're what not amending, you're avenging. That, yeah. Uh, i think for him it's it's almost the same advice that he would love to give to isaiah bradley but he understands you know isaiah's not going to hear it yeah and that's fine because i think at that point it's like well let isaiah be at peace Mm -hmm. he's he's made peace with his past but just because isaiah's made the choices he has doesn't mean sam wants to make those same choices and i think that's why ultimately he takes the shield with him he doesn't bury it somewhere he doesn't you know, throw it away. He doesn't try to put it in a wood chipper and watch the hilarity. Well, that he... would be
2: funny because you would break the wood chipper.
0: That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah,
1: it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I
0: don't blame Isaiah either because no, he spent 30 years not. being experimented on to, yeah, you know, he wasn't treated He wasn't treated as a human. He was no. treated in a manner to make the white man stronger. I Cause agree. at the end of the day, that's who would have gotten the super exactly. It would have been people like John Walker. Exactly. Um, and, and, I mean, so, you have
1: to remember, like, this yeah. is a parallel to the Tuskegee experiments. Pes- 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 yeah.
0: yeah, And he got, you know, he got saved because a nurse put him down as dead. And he got to live his life and continues to live his life as a ghost. Um, and so yeah. you, you, I, I don't blame Isaiah for the way he feels. But I think what I love about Sam is he sees he's the optimist in the world. He's yes. much like me that, you know, if we work hard enough, if we try it, We can at least bring change uh but you know we need to get everybody on that or at least have somebody to lead the charge Uh, and if that's not isaiah then sam needs to reckon on if that's him
1: yeah and i think by the end of this episode you know after the the talk with uh isaiah sam returns home to louisiana where we spend a pretty good chunk of the episode um and he's kind of, you know, he's a little bummed by what Isaiah said, and you can see that it sort of brings him down a little to the point where his sister doesn't tell him she can't sell the boat because the boat is shitty, and the uh, the, the Vietnamese guy, I think it was Vietnamese, yeah, yeah, the Vietnamese, uh, yeah, the Vietnamese guy doesn't yeah. want to buy it because he's like, I'm not gonna, it would cost more to fix it. Yeah. So it's cute to kind of see her shield him from this truth just because she knows like everything that Isaiah said to him really got to him and really made him think, and then. Bucky shows up, and you have this really nice sort of. Uh, what I saw as like a '90s sitcom moment. Honestly, just based mm-hmm. on the music and all the bright coloring and the you know the buddy buddy uh, get together and fixing the boat. And, I think uh,
0: I, I think we should quickly just mention that the government has sidelined Sam and Bucky um, during all this. This is why they're not oh, going yeah. after Carly. So because John Walker <laughs>
1: yeah. killed uh, an international or. In, committed murder to, I think, a foreign national is what they say. Uh, so we see John Walker go into, um, it's not really a trial per se, it's, it's more of like a hearing uh, for his crimes, but basically Torres points out that because this has happened, because Captain America has killed a foreign national, shit is pretty locked down tight and the government is taking point on this. So Sam and Bucky are basically, their hands are tied, so they can't do anything right now. Uh, which is why, again, Bucky leaves for to take care of Zemo, Sam winds up going back home. Uh, so that's why they kind of have this downtime. And I guess we could take a little bit of a minute to talk about Walker's whole storyline that happens where he goes to the hearing and they basically tell him, like, look, you're not going to get court-martialed, which is amazing, but I guess yeah. not that surprising all things considered. Uh, but you're not going to get court-martialed. You are going to get stripped of your rank. You're going to get stripped of your name. You're going to get stripped of your title. And you don't get any military benefits when you retire. You're not allowed to, like, say that you did any of the things you did. And that's it. You're just basically a, no- a normal citizen. You get to um, live a
0: life no- with the whole world knowing that you committed this murder as Captain America. Uh, and we're not going to help you, so figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he kind of gets... In private, what Isaiah Bradley got in public,
3: mm-hmm. so
1: he gets disavowed by the uh, by the military and basically left to his own devices, and he's very pissed about this. And again, as I mentioned in the article, this is another one of those instances where I feel like, since he is this person that's emotionally on the edge, it surprises me that he doesn't just break that podium in half. Mm. Uh, but he leaves. He 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 manages not to uh, destroy everything. He goes, and then him and his wife are kind of in the hallway thinking about what to do next when uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up as Valentina... Sorry, Contessa Valentina...
0: Allegra de Fontaine.
1: Allegra de Fontaine, there we go. Her long-ass name.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, And we are left to wonder who the fuck this lady is. Uh, I haven't read the comics, so I don't know if she's in there. I'm going to assume she is. Uh, But right now... The show is kind of hinting that she might be the power broker if it's not actually Sharon Carter, which we'll discuss in a minute. So uh, this is uh,
0: so this is actually really interesting. Um, I went ahead and Googled um, the character's name, uh, Contessa Valentina, Allegra de Fontaine, um, after the episode. And it turns out there's a Variety article that kind of breaks this down even further. Uh, Julia Louise dreyfus character was originally slated to appear in Black Widow. Huh. She's uh, also known as um, Madam Hydra at times. Oh, during wow. um, During the comic books, but there's been multiple women known as Madam Hydra uh, as well. But uh, she might be putting together a team known as the Thunderbolts, like an evil... Uh, Avengers? Evil villain Avengers type group. Okay. So oh. um, her... Uh, This is not going to be the last time we see her. Um, We'll probably see her next month in Black Widow, uh, as Mm -hmm. was originally stated. And then we'll probably see her popping up in a different place. She might be the evil female equivalent of Nick
2: Fury. Nick Fury. I was just about to say,
0: that makes perfect sense.
1: Oh, okay. So now we know she's not the power broker, which means it's probably Sharon Carter.
2: And Marvel's always had this forethought in uh because i don't know if it was this episode or if it was something else that norton and i were watching recently and we saw um uh, the guy from fresh off the boat he was in something else we recently saw oh, maybe randall, it was this. Park? Randall, park. randall park yeah
1: he was in the ant-man 2 but it was That's something we that we recently watching.
2: saw maybe it was the last episode that we were watching but you're like you know what i didn't realize he was in here we oh talk- no!
1: We were watching Aquaman. Aquaman. Okay, He's that's Aquaman. what it was.
2: But it didn't matter anyway because that's not Marvel. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's DC.
2: Uh, but it's one of those things where Marvel has, especially um, seeing as though with the Avengers, they really started to get the ball rolling. Uh, you know what? We're gonna sort of put an intimation of something. We're gonna put like a little hint, a tinge of something, either in an after the credit scene or somewhere along the movie. It just as the movie goes on, and then. Some movies down the line, you either see that character, that character's made mention of, or something even more massive happens with that. And that's what I like about the Marvel movies. They're really willing to go that extra mile to give you something that might be in the next movie or the next TV series.
1: Yeah, and actually, funnily enough, uh, a little later in this episode, we see somebody who was set up way back in uh, Winter Soldier. Which was whom? The French dude.
2: Oh, the French.
0: Yeah, oh, who okay. actually
1: mm-hmm. shows up at the beginning of this series. Yeah, okay. I yeah, believe yeah. that's him.
0: Yeah, that's the one that um, Sam kicks out of the plane.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. who we all thought was dead, but apparently he's not.
0: I told oh, you. French. I told you he's going to keep popping back
1: up. <laughs> you know, I've never heard of this dude, and it's. Uh, I was he's... watching it with um, my other friend, and he was like, oh, it's the guy from uh, Winter Soldier. And I was like, what do you mean the guy from Winter Soldier? And he's like, that was the guy that with the boat that, like, uh, Captain A takes down in the beginning of Winter Soldier, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh yeah, it is. He's from both.
0: He's it's it's I think my favorite. I don't want to say it's gag, but reoccurring character, uh, because he's such a s- uh, low level, like street villain <laughs> that just keeps popping up while these big villains just don't stand a chance.
1: Yeah, that is kind of interesting how like the little guy slips through. But I mean, technically, that's pretty you know true to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The government usually lets the little guy go so he can yeah. get to the big guys. So yeah, it makes they're like, sense. They're small fries. We yeah, don't them. they don't mind. They always get a plea deal. They get out yeah. and blah, blah, blah. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so once Sam goes back to Louisiana, he, you know, starts to help his sister with the boat. He realizes that, you know, his sister's like, we need to fix the boat, but we're not going to have enough money to do it. And he kind of realizes that his family has been helping everyone in the neighborhood out for years. And he kind of wants to call back some of those favors and it's this really nice moment of community uh which i think is the biggest reason that sam is the way he is because i think he recognizes the importance of a social system the importance of a community at your back and i think that's why he's so optimistic about the future as compared to say again isaiah bradley who you know everyone that he knew and loved died or was taken from him or was denied, he was denied uh, access to them to the point where it became too late. And I think he kind of became bitter because the old school method is to divide and conquer. And I think they succeeded when it came to Isaiah Bradley. But with Sam, he's like, no, we're part of a community. We lean on each other, that's the whole point. Mm. And you you see it with the boat that they all come and they help bring in parts and they help you know, bring supplies and things to fix the boat so that they don't have to buy them; yeah. but they're free. And then we see Bucky show up, and he's yeah. also helping with the boat.
2: I think uh, your favorite um, thing—it's not really—it's not really a runner. It just only happens a few it times. It happens like two or three times. Two or three times. But it's one of those things where Bucky kind of, it looks like he's a, slightly flirting with. He's
1: definitely flirting with Sam's sister. But, like, your whole thing now. And it's amazing. Your
2: whole thing is, is he doing that to piss Sam off? Yeah, I can't or tell Or is he doing that because he genuinely has an interest in yeah, his
1: sister? Yeah, I honestly, like, I mean, I, yeah, I generally. I feel like it's, split, it's a split it the difference like type situation. Bit of like, a and I feel, yeah, B. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Because I mean, you got to figure he spent a lot of time in Wakanda. Did
3: Yeah, you
2: know? yeah. He no, that He spent a lot sense. of time with
1: the Dora Milaje. He's yeah. used to being around.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Hot, sexy black ladies. The funny so thing he might have a new type. Is
2: like with the will they, won't they? With, uh, and I mean this on a truly platonic level, of uh, Sam and um, and Bucky. It's one of those things. For longest time, at, at least since the first episode, or when they really started to come together. Uh, I thought they were friends, but now it's kind of like, I don't, I'm kind of, that's up in the air.
1: They're weird. I think that, again, it's one of those situations where... Or is it
2: like a business relationship? They... I think it's a business relationship. It's like, I'm, I've
0: am i been really good friends with certain co-workers, but mm. take myself outside of work, I probably...
1: Yeah. Never talk about them ever again. Yeah. Like, you know, once
0: I leave that job, I'll never talk to that person ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, while I was working with them, we were the best of friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't forget, it's it's one of those situations where they both had a mutual friend.
3: That's true. So they were mm-hmm. friends of a friend. Yeah.
1: And then their mutual friend dies or yeah. disappears or what have you. I think he's dead. It they, seems like he died.
0: They really don't want to they, define what happened yeah. with Steve. Yeah, or they will not say status. it.
1: They keep saying he's gone, but they're not saying specifically that he died. But my guess is he's dead. Uh, and they, you know, they kind of just, they're stuck with, like, they are the only tether they have now yeah. to that friend, yeah. to that relationship. And I think it kind of like what Bucky says about the shield, the shield to Bucky is the last piece of family he has left yeah. from Captain A. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, Sam would then become in that
3: yeah, like that vein by, proxy, well. kind by proxy. By proxy, like yeah, like Sam a, is now another... the
1: new sort of tether. Yeah. But it's not as easy as saying that Sam is family. Yeah. Although I do think it would be funny if, even if he doesn't get with a sister or anything, if they do kind of settle on a weird familial relationship, because mm. if you think about it, you, like most people, I should say, are they have that thing with family where it's like, you love your family, you, you're there for your family, but you don't always like your family. Oh, yeah. You don't always want to spend time with them. You can't choose
2: your family. Yeah, you
1: can't choose your family. So I think in this case, they have almost that brother-like bond. Yeah. Because it's like, they they don't necessarily want to be friends. They're very clear about this. Yeah. But they are also, they also have this connection mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah. So I think by the end of the episode, they're they're still refusing that mantle of friendship, which mm-hmm. I find depressing, but... Whatever. Yeah. But I do think if he ultimately was to get with Sarah and then become a brother in law, yeah. that would be perfect.
2: I mean, that would be interesting. Because I mean,
1: like, then you're tied. Yeah. Even though you kind of don't want to be, but you kind of yeah. do want to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to think, too, that as you said, we were in his own words, Bucky said, the last, and the language is very specific. The last, uh, that shield was like the last part of my family that I've had. Now, what if he thought of, He's still separating uh, Sam, but he... Because you notice throughout the series, he brings up the shield and it's like, Captain A, like you should take on the shield. Why don't you take on the shield? What if he thought Sam is like like the arm connected to the shield so that once Sam actually takes up the shield, it's kind of like you cut the middle band out and now he has a new Captain America?
1: I mean, I think it's mostly because... Rogers wanted to give it to Sam. Yeah. Like, that's the, like, I think Bucky kind of clings to this idea that he trusts Steve. He trusts Steve's judgment in people. Yeah. And because Steve intended the shield to go to Falcon, or go to Sam, yeah. He kind of feels a, a level of betrayal when Sam turns it down because on the surface to him, it's just sort of like slapping Steve in the face. That's true. But. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we do realize that he comes to to recognize the weight of the shield, mm-hmm. and he comes to realize that asking a black man to be Captain America is not as simple as just saying, "Oh, here's the shield. Now you're Captain yeah. America." Like yeah. he has to. It's an, he, it
2: comes. It's inherited
0: with it, a right, lot of it other. It comes problems. with a
1: whole other I'm, set I'm of problems. S-
0: yeah, and I'm so happy that like it, I was wondering why this episode was so slow until that line came about, and it, for yeah. me, it was like it gave Sam that time to come to terms with what it meant. Because a lot of times it, we see people take up the mantle in a hairy situation. We never really see someone take the time themselves to, you know, spend what seemed like a month or two, um, yeah. uh, you know, slowly coming to terms with everything that was going on. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, then, consider
1: like, everything that Sam has to think about. You yeah. Know? He goes to see then... Isaiah. Isaiah says all that shit to him. Then he's got Bucky constantly saying, like, why didn't you take the shield? And yeah, he's to like, watch what Walker did. Yeah, and at the end of
0: Endgame, every single fan's like, well, Sam's going to be a Captain America next. It's just inevitable, you know? Like, yeah, it is inevitable, but I'm glad, like... If the point of the series was to take the time mm-hmm. to show and prove why Sam became Captain America without addressing any of the questions, like, you know, there will definitely be articles about that, but I'm glad they took the time. Like, yeah, I, me too. I, you know, I, at the end of this episode, maybe... While the show does have a villain problem, I think I better understand what it was going for in terms of, like, why this was a show. It's, one, to expand out that world, two, to to grow the characters for this next phase, for what they have to do next. And, Mm. you know, that's a big part of it. Like, we fell in love with these characters because we believe, you know, um, Tony Stark is Iron Man because he's proved to us over and over again. Same with... Captain America and all the other heroes, like time out and time again. But, like, for someone to step into that mantle, there needs to be that transformation. And I think that that's what the series addresses. And for Bucky, it addresses him getting past his programming and becoming normal or whatever normal is for Bucky. Like, getting past his Winter Soldier programming.
1: I think he gets to become the White Wolf, like, officially. Like, he'll, Mm -hmm. he gets to bury the Winter Soldier. I mean, when Sam asks him if he's still having the nightmares and he explains that he associates the nightmares with having a piece of the Winter Soldier still alive inside of him, uh, you kind of understand that that's why he's so afraid of like himself in a weird way. And I think that's why, you know, to him, it, it always kind of, I, I feel like nobody ever brought up the question, but I feel like people had it where it's like, Well, why wouldn't Steve give the shield to Bucky? I mean, that's his friend, this and that. But aside from the obvious optical issues, which would be war criminal, take Captain America's shield, huge problems. I think it's also because deep down, maybe Steve knew like Bucky didn't want it.
3: Mm.
1: And you notice that Sam never tries to, what do you call it? He never tries to offer the shield to Bucky either. Mm. Yeah. Like, nobody ever comes to Bucky and says, hey, do you want the shield? And I think it's because Bucky's made it very obvious that he feels like he's not deserving of it. And when Sam points out that, like, you can't define yourself by the way that Steve saw you. Like, I love that Sam says that line where he's like, not everything Steve thought mattered. (laughs) Like, Uh, Steve's opinion doesn't always matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely important for Bucky to hear because Bucky has... And I think a lot of people in this universe, in the, in the MCU, have created this mythology of Steve Rogers, that he is this infallible icon. You know, Zemo compares, uh, or Zemo uses him as like the shining example of the only super soldier that didn't get corrupted. And even uh, Nico tells Carly that, you know, she reminds him of Captain America and Steve Rogers because he was like a pure soul. But the reality is that Steve Rogers is still a person. He's still capable of making mistakes. He's still capable of, of fucking up. He's still capable of saying the wrong thing. And in this case, we get to see sort of this, this big blind spot he had where he gives the shield to Sam. And because he doesn't have that, that wherewithal to say, oh, you're a black guy, I should probably prepare you for this or maybe walk you into this. He's just like, nope, I'm 90, here's the shield, good luck being Captain A. And I think Sam realizes that like, his intentions were great, but the man wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most, like to me, that's one of my favorite lines in this whole episode because Bucky basically measures himself against Steve the whole time, and it's like, you can't do that. You're mm-hmm. never going to get, you're never going to be yourself, you're never going to get closure if you're just constantly comparing yourself to this myth. It's like you knew Steve. Like Yeah. You knew him for years. You know what he was like. Yeah. It's like, you know, stop stop drinking the Kool-Aid and just remember the man.
2: That's true. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think yeah. it helps Bucky
1: a lot to to have Sam say that. And then and then Sam goes further and says, like, hey look, if you really wanna fix yourself, you have to do the work. Yeah. And those are like the most important words. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, uh, you know, who go through trauma, who go through addiction, who go through other things of this nature, they want to believe that it's an easy fix. They want to believe that they can just do one or two things and they'll be all right. But if you don't really dig in and you don't really dedicate yourself to it, it's not going to work. And you have Bucky as evidence.
3: Yeah,
2: no, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But after, like, because I do like, and this is just a really quick aside, just like a trivia type thing, more (laughs) so than anything else. Uh, the one, like, during the montage where everybody fixes the boat and everything, and everybody chips in, uh, it's, I don't remember the name of the song, but it is a song sampled by the Beastie Boys. I do know that for a fact. I just don't remember what the name of the song is itself that, huh. like, is a sample of. But I just found that kind of interesting, because I'm like, all right, I know this beat from somewhere. Then I forgot, oh, it's on Paul's Boutique, which is basically a whole smorgasbord of beats and samples anyway so it you would have to like really look for it but i was like oh that's pretty cool i i always love when there's an old school song and i know where the samples from (laughs) because i'm such a music freak
1: uh yeah you are so
2: uh but anyway uh continue
1: but yes so sam goes to louisiana bucky joins him bucky stays for a bit to help with the boat and Bucky brings him the special gift from Wakanda. Mm. Uh, Before Bucky leaves, obviously, they have that conversation about Steve and about how Bucky can really learn to recover. And again, you you get to really see Sam's experience as a war counselor, as a a counselor for soldiers, come into play here. Because again, he has seen people like Bucky in his experience. He knows, at least in part, what they're going through.
0: And I, I think one of the things that works for me as well in the scene is that Sam is a man of the people. Like, how many people came out for him and his family? He works yep. so well yeah. with them. And yep. it's the community aspect of, like, Captain America that, yeah. you know, it's a trait. It, it, it's a trait that comes with it. And I, I don't think John Walker was that man. Like, yeah. he, no. he was chosen as America's people, but he's not part of America's people. And, like, Sam knows what it means. Like, Sam is black. You know, it, it, he... He need him and his family needed a bit more. They they reached out. The community helped each other out, and that's it's a different take than what Steve's Captain America is all about. And I yeah. you know, I think when he does take up this mantle, um, or presumably so, um, you know, they do end on that cut of him opening this uh,
1: the uh, Pulp Fiction box. Yeah. Yes,
0: the the, the, suitcase. the suitcase, and it, it's uh, you know, like. It could be wings, for all we know. Or I'm it pretty could sure be... it's wings. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost
1: guaranteed it's red, wings. If you look red, at white. the pattern on the back of the box, it kind of looks yeah. like wings anyway. Does it? Yeah. you think it's like
0: red, white, and blue wings?
1: I don't, like, that's the thing. Rob and I are kind of, like, curious as to which, what color the wings are going to be. Because when they gave Bucky the arm, it's black and yellow. Mm. He's not, like, he doesn't have his... I mean, to be fair, his original Winter Soldier arm has, like, the Russian red star on it, so obviously he's not going to want that. Yeah. But they didn't give him a black and white one either, and they didn't make it solely silver.
2: They yeah. gave him mm-hmm.
1: a black and yellow Wakandan-colored arm. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to give him a black and yellow wing set, or if they're going to stick to the red, white, and blue, because maybe Bucky's like, make it for Captain America. Like, I yeah. He's 100% confident that Sam will now except the mantle.
2: I'm kind of curious because, and I don't think this is a spoiler alert because we have no idea what comes in the next episode. But, and I could speak for myself, I don't know about Norton, but I've really first found out about Falcon because there's a game that we, I guess (laughs) you could say obsessively play. Norton's more obsessed Uh, with it.
1: Good old Marvel Puzzle
2: Quest. Which is a game called Marvel Puzzle Quest. And for those of you not know, it's basically Bejeweled, but with Marvel. Yeah. That's all it is. That's it. But it's really cool because uh, it's a it's more it's a bit more involved. Than, it has
1: some RPG elements.
2: It's got it. RPG elements, so. but the thing is that in order to ramp up your characters, because you get to, you get to play with usually a team of three, um, each character, which is a character in the Marvel universe, uh, they have different covers. You you uh, you procure covers for the character. More covers you have, the better their powers are. Each character gets three powers. Now for Falcons uh cover it's him as captain america yeah there's- you see him with the shield you see him with the red white and yeah. blue costume so i don't know if ultimately that's what it's going to come down to that would be pretty cool because i like that look i think I that's mean, a they've really said cool in look.
1: the comics that he did take on the mantle and even bucky's had the mantle in the comics at one point yeah but according to an article i read i think sam is the only person that steve directly passed on hmm. the mantle to.
2: Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. I mean, the thing is that I think the comic book cover itself in uh, Puzzle Quest is uh, Sam Falcon, uh, um, Captain America.
1: Yeah. It's Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yeah, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Sam, yeah. Yeah, Sam Wilson, so, Captain he's got America. the wings
0: and the shield, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. So, it's like a good combo. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's funny because, like, when they're tossing around that shield it keeps going back and forth between both of them, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, and I feel like it's Marvel going like, yeah, both of them can be Captain America. That's Who true. knows what happens in the future? But right now, we're setting up a one storyline.
1: Yeah, although it is kind of funny to see that when uh, Sam's by himself training with the shield, it seems a lot harder for him than it is when he's with Bucky kind of, yeah. lo- like, lobbing it back and forth in a weird way. Well, it's, like...
2: more, it's more fun to play, like, catch with somebody than to play, mm-hmm. like, wall ball with yourself.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's insane, like, and I'm glad they did it to show, like, using the shield isn't as easy as it seems. <laughs> because, yeah. like and, and, like, he put in the work, he put in, like, he was doing flips and shit, yeah. like, yep. pretending he was in combat, and this, the shield popped back into his arm. And, but, like, you also saw him, like, trying to come to grasp with, like, the physics of it all. um, The mm-hmm. speed, the inertia, being able to catch something coming at him that fast, at different yep. angles. And it's so cool to see. Like I love it. I love Anthony Mackie. Uh yeah. I think they couldn't have picked a better actor to fill in this role. No. Um, I agree. So, he does it so, yeah. he
1: does an amazing job. He really yeah. does. That's
0: that sad Juilliard acting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Is he a Juilliard graduate?
0: I, I believe he's a Juilliard graduate. Ah, good I for did, him. I got to see uh, so I got an early invite to go see The Adjustment Bureau years ago. Ah, that I Matt Damon movie. movie and he was in there, but yep. This invite had a and a with um, Anthony Mackey afterwards, and so I stuck around for it. I had no idea who this guy was, but I remember watching him on screen and being like, dude, this guy has a minor role in this movie, but he carries the shit out of his role like there's no reason he should be mm-hmm. this good and i was like this guy's got a future <laughs> ever since that movie it and every time it. he start, po- and, and, and as soon as he starts popping up and more and more things and he ended up as falcon as sam yeah. wilson i was just like i was like i'm so happy this dude's career or yeah. what somewhere just because there's so many cases where there's like great actors that just never get that big break and so yeah. you know i'm glad it's his face uh, i'm glad it's him uh, he's he's a good person uh, from yeah. everything I've seen and read and heard, um, and you know, he seems I think like I a picked su- a better person. He seems like a super stand-up dude, just yeah. in yeah. general.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, doesn't have any bad press, so that helps.
0: And, yeah. And and that's the other aspect of this. It's like whoever plays Captain America mm. as an actor also needs to be mm. that
2: role yeah. model. <laughs> I actually and, kind of agree. I never thought about that, but. That does make perfect sense. Like well, if I mean, embodying... Chris Evans
1: didn't have his nudes leaked until after he was Captain <laughs> As, and That worked out. Didn't and I think I? even Anthony
2: Mackie just kind of jokingly, like, just <laughs> threw a little smoke his way, but just a little bit because obviously they're good friends and whatnot. But yeah, no, it, if you're embodying, even if it's on screen, like, think about Batman for instance. No, like, I agree. He, he's a paragon of justice, even I though agree. he's a bit violent, a bit violent of sort. It's, yeah, at times. Uh, at times. But you want, like, typically the, the dude to be, you would think at least for, I guess, the fantasy aspect of it all, like, the actor to be super cool. I super mean, nice. it,
1: again, it comes to the whole idea of, like, I think it's it's a fine line between who you play and who you are. Yeah. And for some actors, it can be a very slippery slope in terms of... I. I I don't, I don't think I had this conversation with you. I think I had it with uh, Mark, but basically I w- we were talking about um, Ed Norton as the Hulk.
2: Well, you always t- talked to me about Ed Norton as the Hulk too and how much and, of a uh, dick he was on set.
1: Well, no, I think personally that he kind of, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but I feel like he almost sabotaged the opportunity on purpose because he kind of knew that if this blew up and he became part of the MCU, he'd be shackled by them in a weird way.
2: Yeah, but that's a shitty way of going about it, though. To like,
1: no, basically... because if you think about it, he made an excellent movie.
2: No, I'm I'm saying he did, like, but he, he comes
1: out smelling like roses in a well, way. Well, he ride.
2: did put the, the director and writer through hell. Oh yeah, no that's doubt. And I mean,
1: he was smart enough to know that, like, I don't ever want to do this again. I better burn those bridges. like, yeah, toot sweet. I get it. I mean, I maybe but... I give the guy too much credit, but I do think that. You know, if you are an actor who decides or who gets offered to play a role like this, like take Brie Larson right now, She's, yeah. you know, Captain Marvel right now mm-hmm. to be offered. That is amazing in and of itself. But then you also have to think about, well, now who do I have to be on the outside? Because now yeah. I'm going to have hundreds of thousands of little girls who are going to watch me yeah. every day, watch this movie and think that's who I am. Yeah, they're going to equate me with Captain Marvel. So yeah. I have to be on my best behavior. And I think you have a lot of actors who don't want that pressure. They don't want the, the yeah. weight. And yes, it works out that Anthony Mackey seems to be a very awesome person. Yeah, and he seems to be super awesome down guy. for the role and it for a good But this is also not the first superhero that Chris Evans has played. He no, was that's the original true. Johnny Johnny Storm. Yeah. So he's he might have already been used to having a bit of that pressure. It's put it's on possible.
2: Him. I know that this was going back a little while ago. Uh, Robert Downey Jr actually, um, had he revealed, or it was either him or Tom Holland had revealed, uh, one of them, it might have been Tom Holland, that was telling uh, somebody that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was telling him, like, just don't get, not don't get super involved into the Spider-Man role, but don't let it define you, because he's like, I know what that's like. He's, yeah. like, he's like, and he wasn't complaining about being Tony Stark or being acquainted with Iron Man but he's like you're young you have a really good career ahead of you don't necessarily uh feel beholden to the spider-man role yeah because it's going to define you for years to come yeah
1: and i mean again like you are a human being it's yeah like, you know putting people up on pedestals never ends well
2: no no
1: said it and he he spoke truth to power on that That's one true. That's i hate true. that phrase but it's true yeah <laughs>
2: But I mean I think the last thing there's one more thing that we have to cover which is the very ending of this Oh
1: uh, yes. So oh, wait, we um s- we
2: did, did we ever talk about Carly?
1: We're going to and... go to Carly in a minute. We okay. are. that she's pretty much the end of this anyway. She's the last wait. piece of the puzzle. Uh, did you guys have... not
0: did you guys not watch the mid-credit sequence?
1: Mid-credits? Yeah. The John Walker thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We saw
1: that. Just We'll make get sure. there do We we we're, we're going to wrap this up neatly, I promise. I won't let you down. Uh, so obviously we have Sam going through his training montage, ending with him in the in the box. What's in the box? Uh, mm-hmm. Not Brad Pitt's or sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head. Yeah. Uh, but
0: <laughs> spoilers.
3: <laughs> for in the a meantime, movie.
1: we have Carly, who according to Zemo has become fully radicalized and needs to be taken out. Uh, and Carly, you know, she realizes like after her. Stunt. Uh, she comes out of the woodwork to notice that all the children at the refugee camp, uh, quote-unquote, have disappeared. Uh, they got sent away, apparently, and they closed the camp. So she decides that's it. Like, that's the last straw for her. Fuck it. She's going to go make sure this thing ends. The GRC happens to have a summit coming up because there's always a summit. Uh, they have to sign some some kind of contract or something that's coming up. I forget exactly what it's about. Uh, mostly because it's, like, the trade routes in Star Reck, Star Wars. Wars. I don't Child care. <laughs> but she goes and she meets with our previous villain, George, George's, uh, at the park. It's, I think it's Central Park in New York, actually.
2: Uh, yeah. Cause... Which is how
1: Sam finds her.
2: Yeah, because they're in New York. They see the blips. They're like, there's been blips all over Europe. But now we've just found one in New York. Yes. And also uh, when they pan up from the big, uh, when uh, the last scene before, like the ending credits or after the credit scene or whatever, mid credits, they zoom up and you can see the Chrysler Building and the Chrysler Buildings in New York City.
1: Is that? I thought it was in Chicago for some reason. Chrysler Buildings
2: in New York. Oh, all right.
1: Well, I don't know. Is it bigger than the Empire City Building?
2: I think it might be. I I think think it might be.
1: All right. Well, Dick measuring aside, so <laughs> we have Carly. She clearly has an army with her, and now she has the help of some evil French guy. And so you see uh, the GRC coming to coming together in their summit, and all of a sudden it's disturbed. Uh, and you can kind of hear a little bit before it gets disturbed about how some of the members of the GRC really do want to do well. They do want to help the refugees. They are complaining that there's not, not enough resources. And some of the members are just kind of like, oh, they have enough. Like, what's, what do they really need? Blah, blah, blah. We're just going to stick them back in their own countries, and that's their problem. And so the, the last scene uh, is Carly's group basically infiltrating this meeting. And that's all we get. We don't really find out where it goes from there. And then the mid-credits scene is John Walker creating his own shield. Uh, because, again, he lost the official one. And, obviously, he's no longer Captain America. So, we finally see the birth of what is, I'm going to guess, U.S. agent.
0: Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And dun, dun, dun. I'm ex- so, I'm fully expecting this finale to just go to WandaVision full action route. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't
1: see how this can be like Anything a quiet but. finale. Yeah, yeah. They, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I think we're going to see Sam in... New Captain A with the wings and the shield. We're going to see full White Wolf uh, realized, comes back, and obviously is going to help Sam out. We're going to see the French guy maybe get his hilarious comeuppance or perhaps another ability to sneak away. Oh, I totally forgot to mention Sharon Carter. Oh, yeah. So Sharon Carter shows up very briefly. Uh, I'm not entirely sure exactly when it happens. I want to say it's between... It's one of the Louisiana scenes, I want to say. Yeah, it's... it's, Between him going from Baltimore to Louisiana. Yeah, it's more... Well, like,
3: right
0: right before the Carly scene with uh, Batrock.
1: Yes. So, Sharon Carter gets on the phone, and she's very clearly... I believe she's talking to uh, Batrock. And I believe she got him out of jail, and she's hooking him up with Carly. So that is what gives me reason to believe that she is the power broker. And potentially has been the power broker for the entire year however many years she's been on the run, three years apparently, that she's been hiding out in uh, Madripoor. So I think we covered everybody. We've got... uh, Oh, and then we're obviously going to see U.S. agent make an appearance. But unless, 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 you were right about the Contessa, in which case he might disappear only because he gets recruited to her little thing, her Suicide Squad, and then we'll find them later.
0: Yeah. I'm also thinking we'll see... uh... I'm hoping it's at the beginning and not at the end. Um, Bucky talking with Yuri about his son.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. One of the things, one of the possible ways for Bucky to make amends is to finally give Yuri some closure on his son. And uh, I think I think it's going to hurt, but I think it would be nice to see that that, that happens. Because that I wonder... would be Bucky's step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I wonder if you... I doubt... Hmm. You think Yuri forgives him? Probably just giving him peace of mind, or is he just pissed mm-hmm. at him?
1: You know, I honestly see the scene playing out as like, what we come in on is the door slamming in his face, but then mm-hmm. from you go into Yuri's apartment and he's kind of like, he's almost happy because it's like, well, at least now I know what happened to my son. And that's like yeah. the end of that scene. Like, we know he's never going to be friends with Bucky again, but at least he has closure.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: that's what we need. I feel like that's how that Uh, scene played out. Not
1: guaranteed, but I don't see Yuri being like, "Oh, okay, you murdered my son. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you told me." (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So I think that does it for this week's penultimate episode, and we got one more left, and I'll. I think we'll try to get an all-star cast lineup yes. <laughs> for the finale.
1: Yes. Yeah, maybe uh, Bilal or Bassam will work out his uh, mic issues.
0: Yeah, grab Bassam. Maybe even grab Christian, see Ooh. if he's available. Make it a big old party All hands um, on deck. Yes, all hands on deck. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime,
2: Rob and Norton, where can folks find you?
1: Oh, I think he's doing the where can you. Oh, uh, right, you can print? find me
2: again at The Workprint. I'm covering uh, within the next few days another Bird Girl okay. uh, article, which is, I'm really, it's a series that's growing on me. And I have a lot to say about it. So I, I don't hope know you what's guys happened, enjoy that too. But I can't hear anybody else. So I will
0: just wrap this up. So you guys can follow us over at The Workprint at TheWorkprint.com. Uh, you can find. Uh, you can find Norton's articles on the Falcon and Winter Soldier on the work print. We'll be having uh, one more episode at the later today, and from there um, we will take a, probably a minor break before Loki kicks back up into gear. We'll be continuing the Marvel podcast there. Um, we'll likely aim to do a Black Widow podcast uh, once that movie drops at the end of May, and uh, you know we still have the games cast going on weekly. Uh, with Rob and hopefully a few more guests as the, uh, the weeks go on by. Um, you know and as usual follow the work print at the work print on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.